welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina Baranowski, and as always, I am so glad that you're here. This podcast is totally made for the women that are out there chasing their dreams, no matter their life circumstances. I chat with women that are creating big companies, home-based businesses, creating the remote work life they've always wanted for themselves, and kind of finding ways to jump over every hurdle that otherwise would stop them on their journey. And I love breaking down the realness of what having a business or what having trying to get your business where you want it to be looks like. Because I promise you, it is ugly. It is full of hustle. It is full of passion. It is full of what the fuck am I doing? And I feel like it's so important to highlight these things because if you have something that you've wanted to do forever, you know that thing that's like been on your heart that you think about all the time, but you keep finding excuse and excuse and excuse to not do it, I want to silence those excuses for you. And I chat with some of the most amazing women. I can't believe I know them in my real life. Today's episode is with Anna Allen, and she is literally incredible. Not only is her knowledge in her field so deep, but her story of how she literally hustled to get where she is now. And I honestly, I've known her for a few years and I had no idea the hustle went that deep. And I loved hearing all about it. And Anna is an expert in all things skincare, makeup. She started out as a makeup artist and has had her own skincare line. And now she helps other businesses, especially indie brands, which I love formulate, create, and launch their own skincare, makeup products. And the process is amazing. I obviously have a vested interest in it and hope one day that I can work with Anna hand in hand to create some magical formula. And we kind of touch on that and talk about it, but I think you will find so much inspiration in her story. And on top of the inspiration, we get into her top three must-haves for skincare, things to look for, things to avoid. And it's all very informative and educational. And she is just such a pleasure. And I think you are going to love this episode as much as I did. So let's get into it. I'm here with Anna and I'm so excited to be chatting with her. We met a few years back and we've always kind of been on, I don't want to say parallel paths with each other, but we've kind of had similar things going on, even though she has one type of business and I have another, we have a lot of similarities. So it's going to be so fun to talk about all those today. But before we get into that, I'm not sure. I know you are on quite a health journey. Do you drink coffee? Oh my gosh. Hi. By the way, hi. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm actually, as we're speaking, sipping on my mate uh, because I am doing a two-month uh, cleanse. 
so I'm doing a, um, a gut renewal cleanse is I do drink coffee and I love coffee. Uh, so today's my day three of no coffee and I'm replacing it with mate. It, wait, what is that? So I guess that's, I mean, that's why I still have energy to talk to you this morning because mate, mate is amazing. It still gives you the same energy as co- caffeine. So it's kind of like matcha, I would say, but a little bit more herbal. And all you, 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 all you have to do is mix it with hot water. So you're not getting the extra dairy. I mean, you could have matcha with hot water too, but I just feel like mate gives you a little bit of a, that energy that like wave of energy that coffee gives me uh for me i love matcha but matcha is more like smooth energy where this is like a kick of energy and i can start my day without the side effects of coffee you need that like little fire okay so that's what you're drinking right now when you are drinking coffee what's your favorite way when i'm not uh black really i'm just like a black yes straight black because you know I like to fast yeah. so one thing is I love fasting because I feel like fasting just gives I'm all about regenerative health as we're going to talk about it and how can I support my body to support me so I feel like when I, I fast and I usually fast about 16 hours I um first thing in the morning you know I love to have my lemon water and then I have my uh my coffee um actually the other day I heard that lemon water actually could stop your fast because uh, it has it has calories, so it's a. Um, but anyways, I don't know. I, in my mind, it doesn't because um, I feel like I still like I still have the same energy. So then I just drink black coffee. Uh, I sometimes like to drink decaf um, because I just love the taste of coffee. Uh, for, but for most of the time, I just like to a brewed black coffee, and that. Um, that gets me through my mornings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, I think it's even if like lemon stops your fast or whatever, I think it's also really important to know what works for you. Like I have, yeah, I've tried like stop the coffee, stop this. Like, you know, when, when my health is kind of like flared up because I have some autoimmune stuff and people always say, do this, do this, do this. But I always find myself reverting back to what feels best for me, even if it's outside of the quote unquote rules. So, you know, if that lemon water gives you life, stick with the lemon. Oh my God, it sure does. You know, for me, it's like it just kicks my metabolism working and it just feels like I'm all about cleansing, cleansing my skin, cleansing my body. I dry brush. So for me, it's like, how do I detox every day from all the toxic things that we encounter and listen living a toxic free lifestyle in this day and age is almost impossible Impossible. right even though we try right even though if we try to avoid toxic triggers and we're eating clean and we're we're looking at ingredients and you know i was just uh talking to somebody that's going through hormonal changes and she says you know what product should i use how do i know so you know just ewg is a great website to to follow they have an app download the app and you know, this is not an ad for EWG. I just want people to start using it because it's so confusing. It's so confusing um, to know what ingredients to use. So that's another way to like live clean. But however, you know, we have phones, we have things, we have, you know, so we're living in this society and I feel like every day I'm trying to think, how can I detox, a little mini detox throughout the day to really feel better and shed a lot of that, that, you know, things that we get through the day. So lemon water for me is just a nice morning detox. That's the way I look at it. And uh, I also do, actually, you know what I love doing is I do um, 
pulling with MCT oil, so like um, uh, like tongue pulling with MCT oil, I find that is an amazing way to detox as well. Um, and then dry brushing if I have time. I love yes. dry brushing. I don't know if you've tried I it. I have. So I, um, for people, I guess I haven't really talked about it much, but I suffer from, not suffer, I don't like to use that word. I get alopecia when I'm kind of in a flare. So you can actually, uh, Anna and I are on video right now and you can see like one of my little hairs popping out from what used to be a bald spot and it's growing back. Um, and when my body's kind of inflamed and angry, I lose my hair in patches. So I'm always trying to like, same as you, stay as low tox as possible so my body just doesn't have that burden. Um and I have been looking into the oil pulling and have wanted to start it, but I'm like, I can't imagine pulling oil for 20 minutes in the morning. And people are, you know, start with five minutes, start with 10. But I have felt like I'm kind of like on the edge of a flare in the last few weeks. So I have been dry brushing again. And sometimes I do it twice a day if I feel like I need a little extra support. And I know there's like, mixed reviews on doing it twice a day, but I do it, you know, you'll get in the shower, put some body oil on and it makes you feel so good. And my skin is softer and it's only been like a week and you know, the puff really goes away. You have to go to the bathroom a lot in the middle of the night though, because I feel like your body is flushing stuff out. But, um, I try to add that into detox. Yes. So I've a- added dry brushing back in to my routine and I'm loving it. I love it. Same. I re- recently re-added it back. I was traveling quite a bit and uh, my body doesn't do well with travel. Like it, I love traveling, but it's just, I get so Me inflamed, too. so tired. I can literally, because I feel like I'm so in tune with my body now because I've been going through this sort of wellness transformation for the past three years. I really just wanted to understand my body. And I, I, I use a lot of the intuitive techniques, kind of like mm-hmm. what you're saying, like I'm intuitive to my body that I need dry brushing right now. So when I fly, I feel, literally feel like my body's expanding. Like Me it's too. getting so inflamed. So right? right? Like even my shoes oh, feel And tight. I travel with like, you should see my travel pack. Yeah. Yes. The shoes, everything swells up. And I travel with like my lemons, uh, lemon water. I found these little cool lemon pouches and I do, I do everything I can on the plane. Hot water, of course. And uh, I take a lot of my vitamins, supplements, anyways, but it helps, right? And I drink a lot of water on the plane. Um, It helps, but still, so I get super tired. And then what happens is when I get tired, of course, it's, it's hard to keep up these, these wellness rituals because you're so tired, you're looking for that immediate energy, like sugars, right? Yeah. Like carbohydrates that immediately. So um, that's why I decided to start back dry brushing and all these things that can support, take away that inflammation and makes me um, feel better about waking up every day and feeling energetic rather than feeling tired and drained. So it's, um, it's just for me, it's just the, the best way to, it's my little ritual every morning and it sets me up for me the too. day. And you really can feel a difference. And inflammation is, I feel like a word that gets thrown around so much, but just like you, I'm so in tune with my body. And when I get inflamed, I just feel uncomfortable in my skin because it's almost like I'm hypersensitive 
to the way, even like the way sweatpants feel, it's all uncomfortable. So yeah, keeping up with those daily things really, really, really make a difference. And it's all the little things that really add up to that overall change. Oh my gosh, you said something so powerful. Exactly. So when you're hypersensitive, and I do find that like, I'm a sensitive person, like physically, emotionally, I'm just very sensitive, sensitive to things, sensitive to And it's true when you're sensitive, like I react to so many things like different foods, but also inflammation, you're right, like even sweatpants, even like a fabric touching my, my skin feels like uncomfortable, feels itchy, like I literally and it's, um, that's the reason why for me, like it's a really strong why of why I want to kind of detox my body every day. It's really purely to feel good in your skin. I 100% agree. So, oh my gosh, I feel like we could talk about this forever. There's so many like cool things that I could talk to you about. But before we go too far down that rabbit hole, which we can go down later if we if we find ourselves there, um, mm-hmm. I would love for you to break down in your own words what you do and kind of the path that got you here. Because I know you've gone through like a little bit of career transformation and finding what was the best fit for you. So if you could kind of like just break it down for us, what you do and how you got there. Love to. It's like, it's a journey, right? And it's like a moving, moving target, right? You're always, I am a forever student. First of all, I love learning. And um, I guess what I do now, right now in my career, uh, I'm very passionate about what I do now. I love it. I wake up every day with so much enthusiasm. I'm looking literally right now at product samples. So I I help brands go to market in the cosmetic industry. And uh, it's hard to say exactly a title because I help them with so many different ways. The way I like to break it down is there's three different phases of product development. So we have the first phase, uh, is the conceptualizing where I come in and, and work with a founder in identifying their concept. You know, a lot of the a lot of the times when somebody has an idea to create a beauty product, whether it's skincare, is makeup, is body care, hair care, they have a general concept, right? And the market is so saturated. So we usually what we want to do is we want to narrow down. Uh, and then this, the second part of that, once we narrow down the concept, is creating, like it's giving personality to your concept. It's giving its own brand and its own voice. And that's my favorite part. Um, that's when the magic happens, is where you're uh, defining who exactly your brand is and who your consumer is. This is the key, is working backwards. And that's my passion because I started off, and not to get too much in the past before I finished the story, but I started off consumer first. I started off as a makeup artist and dealing with people in, in my chair all day long. That was so important to me to cater to them. So knowing your consumer is key. And then the second phase, what I do with my clients is help them develop the product by supplier matching. Uh, there's so many different manufacturers out there and I believe there's the right one for everybody. Uh, you just have to find what works for you and what your needs are and then do the supplier matching that way whether it comes to formula packaging there's so many ways to go to market depending on what you want your uh, brand to to be valued as whether you are 
um, more of a fast-paced brand and it's more focused on marketing and you want products that are trendy all the time, then I would suggest going for something more private label. Or if you are going to market with something that is your unique formula, and that, then I would suggest working with a manufacturer that has um, that can create your own formula. Uh, or you want a turnkey solution. So there's so many different ways to go to market with this. So that's why I work with a client to help them identify what their best way to go to market and also for them to have as they're growing because a lot of times people want to own their formula to have as assets as they're growing. And then we're moving into phase three of what I do is helping them go to market and scale up. I've been very fortunate to meet some amazing people that I partner with that uh, we help brands with scaling up strategy. We can create business plans. We can help them with consumer um, testing, uh, studies, and also get into different retailers and help them get ready to to have a business for retailers because that's a that you have to have expectations training and I always say we have to think about your retail strategy from the startup because everything that we do has to match that so that's kind of what I do in a nutshell so I kind of I I um I like to say that I, I jump in your if you want me to drive the car with you I'll drive the car with you if you want me to drive the car I can drive the car so it's really where People need me, but that's that's um, where I'm at right now in my career. That is so cool. And um, I feel like we could talk about all the different things that like I want to do with you. <laughs> um, Product development. Would you say <laughs> you do more skincare or makeup? Because you, you help people formulate both, correct? Yes, yeah, I can help them. So when it comes to skincare, what we would do and how I help people is figure out what the white space is and uh, look at different ingredients. And I'm not a chemist, but I know I can recommend them to the right chemist or bring them to the right team. Um, And then when it comes to makeup, this is sort of where my first uh, passion started as a makeup artist. And uh, I help them with color selection. We do benchmarking. Sometimes I help them mix their own colors and then we'll send that to the lab. So I get really hands-on with with makeup. Uh, But, you know, I've developed my own skincare brand before. And that was a really, really, uh, we started from scratch. Um, Our formula was um, very unique and different uh, in a really good way. So uh, I'm very familiar with developing a, a really high efficacy uh, formula from scratch. So for when you're developing products for people, like just out of sheer curiosity, you live such a non-toxic life. And I know you really use all non-toxic products. Will you help people formulate products that are not necessarily clean? Is like, is anybody can come to you or do you specialize in clean products or... Um, where you're like, will you be like, okay, I'll do this for you, but you're like kind of cringing the whole time. <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. Oh my gosh. So I do have some some uh, experience to share with you on that. But most of the time, because right now the standard is clean, I've been very fortunate that uh, all the blacklists that I'm building with my clients have really good standards. Um, without saying the name, I'm working with a client right now who's actually we've grown together into clean beauty even more because she's pushed me to uh, find better ingredients, more ingredients, because we are creating the first color brand that has no legs. 
So lakes are actually toxic for you, right? They're considered toxic for, for endocrine and they, um, they're not natural, right? So we're, it's been a challenge. It's been many, many rounds of development, but we've developing something that is so unique uh, and stable and clean and, and uh, natural with a little bit synthetic. So I always believe that you need a little bit of those synthetics to help your formula not, you know, but they're good synthetics. So not um, go bad or go rancid, right? Uh, but it's, I would say it's like 98% natural. I think that's something really important to touch on too, is the safe synthetic idea. Because so Orchid and Ash has a perfume and it's a 100% non-toxic, completely clean, no endocrine disruptors, um, no carcinogens, parabens, all of that. But in order to make a proper perfume, you need some of those safe synthetics and they're actually a lot of times more sustainable than using like the natural ingredients. But the way if you're working with a good chemist or you're working with, you know, a company that's doing it correctly, they're just as safe, if not safer than the natural option. One, like you said, because things don't go rancid and two, the allergens in them can be controlled. And I think there's like this polarizing thing about synthetics and people just automatically assuming that they're dangerous or are going to fill them with toxins or, you know, throw their body off balance. But there are cases where the safe synthetic, they have to be the safe synthetic, are the better option than the natural alternative. That's why I like these government governing parties like EWG because, you know, they're pretty fair when it comes to ingredients. They look at both natural and synthetic and they rate them, right? So it's not as like messy of like what's clean, what's good for you, right? So it's it's a really nice way. So a lot of the times when I work with clients, I get EWG involved to make sure they're keeping us to the standards, right? Because we could guess all day what's wrong. And if you start Googling ingredients, you're going down a bad rabbit hole because there's so much information. So um, that's always good. Yeah, building with, so formulating with European standards is always nice because they have higher standards of formulation. However, I did have somebody that wanted a, um, to do a project. We didn't end up working together and she said, you know, I don't care about clean beauty. I don't care. I just need, I have consumers. I want to sell product. And it was cringing the whole time. And I'm so glad we didn't end up working together because I truly believe it. Ha- everything has to align. And that project did not align. So uh, the universe made it not happen for me, which is thank God, because I don't know if I could have gotten through yeah, it. Yeah. And when your heart's not in it or it feels like icky, kind of, you probably wouldn't deliver your best work because you would just be like, I'm sure you'd be full in, but your heart wouldn't be in it. And it just, I feel like when the energy is there for stuff that you're working on, by default, it turns out better because there's like a love and a passion behind it. So it all comes together really beautifully where I'm sure you still would have done a great job on that project, but it just it would have felt like fine, you know, like going through the motions. We talked about this before too. And I told you, sometimes I'll even take a freebie if I'm very passionate about it. 
because it's the energy that that gives me that fuels like it almost like fuels my cup it like it makes me um it gives me the drive to do what I do and it actually puts me in this really cool creative zone and taps into my big energy field that then I have this unlimited power of innovation so I love that I think that working with amazing people is what what helps me do more and and be more excited about yes. what I'm doing. And like on an even bigger scale, when you're excited about it and they're excited about it, I mean, this is kind of like a reach, but not really. I fully believe that when you create something that has that much magic behind it, like even the people that are receiving this are benefiting like from the energy that's in the product. They're benefiting obviously from the product itself, but it's like this, I'm imagining in my head right now, just like this blanket of like beautiful sparkles to all the people that get that product, you know, like they're getting that magic that so much aligned good energetic energy was put into and like that's how I feel I'm sure you're the same way with like the products I'm creating it's like this beautiful culmination of all these things I'm really passionate about and I hope that when people get them in their hands they just like feel special and can feel that you know and I feel like that's kind of what you're creating with those people oh a hundred percent and I, I think that's why the rise of the indie brands you know, is is what why it's, it's so popular nowadays because people truly feel the intention and the energy and there's co-founder stories and now because of social media you can follow those along, you know. Um and it's is that energy, right? Rather than just buying into um a big brand that you know it's it's gonna be good or you know it's reliable, but it doesn't have yeah. that magic, you know. And, and it's true. One of the things that we do in the branding exercise, we do the archetypes, right? And at most of the time, every indie brand chooses the magician as their magic, as their one of their archetypes, just one, because usually we have two. And it's to your point, there's actually facts to show that every most of the founders, they want that magic. In their I brand. love indie brands. Like I will, I feel like I'll spend three times as much on an indie website as like I don't know, wherever else, Ulta, all those places that you can get, like like you said, the reliable products. But also when you know that your money is going to quite literally somebody's dream, that they're working. Some of these things are getting made in like kitchens or, you know, t- whatever spaces they can have, like tiny, um, tiny workspaces. They don't have the big factories yeah. yet and they're still pouring stuff by hand and labeling everything themselves. and um, you know, I want my dollars to go there. Because, you know, both you and I started with a dream, yes. right? So you know how it feels. Yes. <laughs> Have you, so I feel like we, you're in this place now, you are a hundred percent like a industry, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you are so well-versed in your industry. You are established in your industry what were like the hard moments to get there? Because right now it's like, oh, you've just, you were a makeup artist and then you did all these things and you're so good at what you do. But I'm sure there was a really long path of like, how to, how did you learn about this stuff? Did you hit like a ton of roadblocks on your road to where you are now? 100%. And I I tell my clients, you know what, 
what I'm passionate about doing now is helping you from going down those paths, right? Those paths of no return or those paths for, you know, wasting time and money, roadblocks, right? Uh, I can shift and navigate you better, which is I've always wanted that when I was doing my own, my own thing before. But that was my journey. And I'm really grateful for what I've learned because I'm the forever student. So <laughs> I love learning. Uh, so I, I always feel like I need to learn more. But um, I started, so basically I started as a makeup artist. I always knew that I wanted to be in the beauty industry, hands down. Probably since high school, I moved here from Romania when I was about 13 and I didn't have a lot of friends. All I knew was beauty because my cousin was a representative of Avon and I would have back in Romania and we would go in and do makeover. So I got a job by doing Mary Kay. So I start, I signed up, I was 14 and I went down to the Mary Kay, like this ladies that were doing Mary Kay. And I said, you know, I want to be your ambassador or whatever it was called. So they took me in and I started making friends because then I would have come to school with this little makeup kit and offer makeovers and I like made friends and I would get high school students to hire me. To, uh, sorry, I would get uh, graduating students. We were, they were graduating that time from high school to hire me to do their makeup. And I wasn't a makeup artist, but you know, everybody, everybody was like Anna, the makeup, you know, makeup girl. So then of course, you know, graduation day comes along and you had to say what you're going to do. And I was, of course, I'm going to be a makeup artist. Like no hands, like no, hands down. Uh, so right away after I finished high school, I went to film school because I had a friend who was in film and TV and she brought me on movie set. So take my passion for makeup and then show me the world of the TV and film. And I was in awe. I was like, you can do makeup for TV and film and there's an actual trailer and this is an actual job. And the t I was just blown away. Okay. This is a little kid from Romania where we didn't have a lot. So I was just the world was my oyster. So I dreamed really big since I was a little girl, I guess. And uh, I loved working in TV and film. I graduated film school for makeup. and uh, But I realized it wasn't really for me the long hours, the wait. I had too much creativity and imagination, although I learned a lot and I met so many amazing people. And while I was working on, on movie set and doing photo shoot on the side, I've always wanted to have my own makeup line. I thought, wouldn't it be so cool? And I started telling people, one day I'm going to have my makeup line. I had no idea what it would take. And I actually got an opportunity to work for Chanel Beauty. And I thought that would be amazing because it's one step closer to understand brands, to understand how to do things. So I learned a lot through Chanel, Chanel and their etiquette. And I really learned about storytelling, which was amazing. I tell everybody that wants to get into the beauty industry, start working at either Sephora or Chanel or a beauty counter because you learn about brands. You learn about talking to your consumer about a brand. You also learn about your consumer a lot more. And um, I was listening and learning. And what I, I was listening to that a lot of women wanted beauty education. And they would come to the Chanel counter to learn. Uh, of course, you know, we had a lot of, we had a really big, um, financial, you know, goal for the day. So we had to like a sales target. So I couldn't spend a lot of time with my clients because if they didn't buy a lot, then my manager was like, well, why are you spending an hour with somebody that's only buying a lipstick? But for me, of course, I was so passionate about telling them how to use this and that. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it on my own. 
<laughs> I said, forget you guys. Um, I actually ended up quitting Chanel and taking some time to kind of think. Meanwhile, I started becoming a demo artist for Dior. So kind of while taking a bit of a break, um, I was doing some demo artistry. So I was going to Sephora to showcase the product. So it's, you know, it's kind of the long journey of uh, figuring out my way. And I said, you know what? I'm going to open a makeup school because again, I was, I loved teaching, right? The demo artist was really a good fit because it was showing, it was giving me the time we're demonstrating. That's what we are. We're not selling, we're demonstrating. So I love that angle. And, um, I was, while I was demo artisting, I was really talking to people about what do they like? What do they don't like? So I was kind of getting what I call now consumer study like I was asking people what they liked about makeup what they're confused about and it was literally everything this is before YouTube right before YouTube started and we had all those information so women were hungry for um I mean everybody most people were hungry for information how to apply makeup and uh I remember telling my dad that what I wanted to do and he says oh my god don't do it like this is a mistake I said, Dad, I'm going to open a makeup school for everyday women, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to have my own makeup line. And this is, girl, like, don't quit your day job. You have a good gig going on. You can pay your rent. And then guess what I did? <laughs> I uh, Groupon was really famous at the time, and um, I uh, there was a version of in, in Vancouver of Groupon, and I listed my classes. Now, I didn't have a studio. I didn't have you know, I didn't have a class, but I went on and I got them to agree that I would be teaching classes. So I listed a makeup class, like learn makeup one-on-one. And I sold about a thousand classes in two days. And it was probably the happiest day of my life because I called, I, I didn't shop for work. I was like, <laughs> I had to go to work that day. I remember it was like Christmas morning. I remember waking up and I was like, oh my God, I have a business. I don't have time to go to my day job. I need to like, I need to figure out where I'm going to host this class and what I'm going to teach. So it was pretty bold, right? A pretty bold dreamer that, moment right there. That is so, that is such a good story. <laughs> and what I love about it too, that I feel like so many people that end up where they want to go have is you from day one. When you followed your own passion, of course, but you also listened to your intuition. So you started, you know, like doing the makeup, but then you're like, okay, people are hungry for something else. And you not only listened to your intuition of like, I think this is what's best. You absorbed like every, it sounds like you just were constantly absorbing everything around you and using each experience as I say this word a lot, like a stepping stone to get you where you're going. And Mm -hmm. it's really, it says a lot about you because I feel like it's really easy for people to get stuck in a job where like if you were at the Chanel counter and you love what you're doing and and you're doing people's makeup and that's what you wanted to do and you were frustrated that you didn't have enough time with them or they wanted to learn more, a lot of people would just kind of like stay frustrated but not leave the job. So that says a lot about you too, because there has to be that moment. And it's so funny that your moment was so kismet and just like happened for you. Like you sold a thousand spots before you even had a place to do it. Right. Like 
was like <laughs> magic. Magic. Thank God, you know, thank God. That's like the epitome <laughs> of um, just doing it and learning it, like saying yes, la- saying yes and figuring it out later, you know, and you have to do that a lot yeah. when you're kind of embarking on your own thing too. I like literally started my business with like pre-sale, right? Like I had zero, zero savings, zero dollars. Like I literally pre-sold. So then I had to, and this is what a lot of people don't know. It's like, well, I had rent to cover, you know, living downtown. I had, I, uh, I, you know, working at Chanel and all these jobs, I was fine with taking the risk and living my own life lifestyle. But I said, I have to like, I have to cut some corners. So I got a roommate. Right. And I, I was literally like everything I was doing, I had to be really conscious about my spending because I wanted to grow this business so bad. So everything that I was earning, I wanted to put in my business, not, you know, on my lifestyle. Uh, and then I ended up actually on, as a, I had a side gig, because I thought, okay, if I can sell makeup classes, what else can I sell online to help me, right? So then that's when I started understanding sourcing. So I would um, go online and find different accessories and things that I would sell on these on these platforms. And uh, while I was doing classes, I would have pe- people come pick up like keyboard accessories and digital pens. And oh it my was hilarious. God. Um, I was true, true an entrepreneur, you know, running a, yeah. <laughs> running a e-com business on the side. And then while I was running my classes, I actually had a little studio at the time, which I set up as my school, um, running lots and lots of classes and people were, I was mixing colors out of my own kit because one of the things about my classes, everybody was got to learn their color scheme. So what color works for them? So there wasn't one size fits all. So what I would do is I would customize their colors and people wanted to buy these products. So that's when I thought, okay, this is the time to launch the brand. Like people actually want it. And it was amazing because I got to experience with them and I got to test products on on my, my clients and they were telling me what they wanted. And I would create these really cool kits which were interchangeable and these collections. Uh, so it was a really fun ride. Actually, one of the products that I created was a BB cream. At that time, BB cream wasn't really popular. I found a vendor in Korea and I didn't have enough money to label it because you had to order 10,000 SKUs to put your own logo on it. So I didn't have that, you know, but literally they just sent me like a factory in a factory sample. Like it was like factory name on it. Um, of course, you had like health license and everything else, but it wasn't branded. Uh, it was direct from factory and I was selling this cream. I think even to this day, I have people asking me about the BB cream and it's great because now I actually it's sold uh, uh, one of the brands that I end up uh, transitioning my brand is selling it. So it's still available to the everyday girl. If they want to buy it. It's from evelinabeauty.com. It was truly magic. It's an amazing formula. So yeah, it was really cool. And that was my first step at product development, but it definitely wasn't a smooth sailing, right? Like I had to really shift and really uh, literally like work there. Ground up. It was there. Yeah. And I think that's the, it's so interesting because I think that's the hardest part of starting a business is when you need money to live 
You don't have it because every dollar you're making is going right back into what you're doing because you want to do it right and you want it, you know, you always need something, especially when it's a product-based business. Like I'm, I'm dealing with this right now, you know, like I'm, Orkin and Ash is growing year over year. I mean, revenue, sales, everything is growing, 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 but the more you grow, the more you have to funnel back in. And it's like the hardest heart-wrenching time because you're constantly figuring out like, how am I going to make my next dollar so I can pay my personal bills while still be ordering enough, you know, supplies and everything. And it's the hardest part, but it's also, I kind of look back on it as like the most fun part because you really have to figure out like it's it's a huge problem solving right like you're kind of in this position yeah. where your back is up against the wall and it's like i need money to make sure the business can actually run but i also need to live and sometimes when there's not a lot of resources you get really creative like it sounds like you just like picked up a random way to make money and i feel like that's really important for people to understand like when you start out on a venture plan on hustling like plan on (laughs) right and it's like plan on making money in really random ways that might not be directly related to your business and whether that's holding a side job or selling random things online you know like you it's kind of important totally fine to have a side job yeah yeah. And I also think that if you have a side job, you're involved. It's like, I look at possibilities everywhere, opportunities everywhere. And not to like, listen, I, I'm not saying like be a workaholic, uh, not to promote that. I'm just saying there's opportunities yeah. everywhere. So let's say you get a side hustle. Now you're entering a new community of influence, right? Because I think that your your net work is your yeah. network, right? So net worth. And so it's, it's, you have a new network, which maybe are going to be new clients for you, or maybe they're going to be new customers for you, or it's maybe a group study opportunity where you can say, listen, I have this product because now you're going to have new friends and teammates. So I think this is the, the, you know, the, the beauty of life is connection is meeting new people. And if that requires for you to fuel your dream and have a side hustle, but take it as a opportunity to, um, you know, use that towards yes, your dream. That's so true. And I also think something that's pretty important to know if you have a side, whether you call it a side hustle or a side job, like I've done this while I've started, you know, while I've been starting new businesses is when you have that other job, even if it's just a a remote job where you're at home, you can be on the computer a few hours a day and then you know, you have a cutoff time and you go do your own stuff. Yes, you don't want to promote being a workaholic. I agree. Like we've all been there and it takes a detriment on your health too. Um, But having that reliable income actually can be used as such a tool to help you grow your business. And you can remove, yes, you're working more hours, but you can remove a lot of the like heartache and struggle of trying to make so desperately to make your business work solely off sales or, you know, whatever. Exactly. Use it as a tool. Right. Because yeah, I think also it's like that, you know, and this is the relationship with sales and money. It's like, 
if you if you're purely motive, motivated to make money sometimes it's like there's just that grind where if you have other motivators in your business it's like i want to make the best product out there the money will come so maybe having that side hustle will help you feel less pressure for the financial yeah. part i always trick my brain with that like that's why i'm like i trick my brain because i'm like it's not about you know of course we all need to survive but it's about what are we giving to to your to the world right and uh, I use that as my motivator. It's so true, and that's such a good point because, yeah, you don't want to come from a place of, like, desperation just to get stuff out the door. You know, you really want – you want to believe in what you're creating. And it also, if you have something in the beginning that you have a side job just that creates extra money and a little extra freedom for you, you can do a really good job creating your product. It's always going to go through – um like transformations. Like you're going to start with one product and look back on it in years and be like, what was that? But if you just have a little bit of extra money so you don't feel so tight and desperate, it allows you to also create something just, I don't want to say better, but you can create something right from the beginning as opposed to doing the cheapest option, the fastest option, you can get better ingredients, you can get better packaging, whatever it is you need. Um, And it will actually cut down the work. I've learned this the hard way. It will cut down the work that you have to do in the future to get it where you want to be. So true. So true. These are all the learning things we learn along the way. (laughs) The good lessons. Um, Okay, so... I am dying to know your skincare routine. Oh my gosh. You know what? It's been all over the place lately. It's been all over the place. I have to get back on track. So, um, again, I'm very intuitive with my skincare routine too. I do intuitive skincare because sometimes I feel like I need more hydration. Sometimes I feel like I need more like uh, exfoliation. The one thing that I love, and I know that this is like, you know, not everybody can go for regular facials. Although I do think that some, there's some studios that provide membership, which is awesome because then the price goes, you know, better, which I love getting regular facials because this is like getting in the studio and getting rid of the blackheads and the deep exfoliation. And, you know, they know what they're doing. They know the level. They're mixing the right products. When you're trying to do mixing at home and facials at home, you know, we can over, we can break the barrier, right? And breaking your barrier is the worst because then you're not, you know, you're you're disrupting everything and then nothing penetrates and then you break out, all that stuff. Um, overusing product. Like, I think that I totally believe in skin detoxing. So I don't overuse product anymore. I use too much. Um, so regular facial is one thing. And I usually go for like a Hydra facial or like a deep cleansing facial where they do extractions, get all the gunk out, you know, and um, just then 37. So I le- I love to get a little bit of the microcurrents that lift my skin. So, you know, go yes. for like those little shockers. So I always get, you know, the facialist to do uh, a round of of currents at the end I, I should buy one of those machines like I've, I've heard great results oh, yeah. I sometimes use gua sha at home but um if I don't have time then I, I won't use it I'll skip that so one thing that I'm using right now 
is Biologique Recherche, and I'm obsessed with their products. Um, I use their oxygen line because of oxygenates the skin. And remember, I'm into my yes. detox phase. Get the toxins <laughs> So anything out. to... Yes. And um, one of the brands that I've actually helped uh, forget beauty in Vancouver, they have the most amazing hyaluronic acid serum, which I use all the time because it penetrates deeply. It's got many different hyaluronic acid in it and it's gentle, it's hydrating. Uh, and then one thing that I, I've done a few days ago is introduce retinol Ooh, back into my yes. hair. Yeah, and this is, I have been a little bit nervous about retinol because this is very important. I'm glad we're talking about this because if you don't know how to use retinol and you go and buy a retinol from Shoppers Drug Mart or in the U.S., I guess it would be like a Walgreens or anywhere off a shelf, even in Sephora, if you don't know how to use it, you can ruin your skin, okay? And I really? did that. I, I was about 30 years old. I didn't understand skincare that well at the time. And I started using retinol because of the glow it gives you, right? Like you have that glow, it resurfaces. And I didn't use it properly. I didn't test batch. I didn't give it time. You have to get your skin retinalized, right? So you have to get it to adjust. Um, so if you use it too much, too soon, too fast, too high of a, you know, um, of a percentage, you can literally ruin your skin. And I ruined my skin so bad that I had to go get laser treatments to remove all the acne oh that I was gosh. getting. Because it like burns your retinol. skin, right? It will kind of like burn. Like, Is it like a chemical burn or what dry, dries it out? Well, for me, I got I started getting cystic acne from it. It somehow like purged my skin and I was covered in cystic acne from it. Um, so yeah, it was a reaction that retinol gave me. It was, it was in the, the best retinol and I didn't know how to use it or use that. And I had to get lots of treatments to get rid of it, like a lot of Frexels. Um, so I was thinking about this. I said, wouldn't it be a cool line just to have a retinol brand? Yeah. I was yes. actually thinking about this like before going to sleep. That's how my brain works. I'm like, would it be cool to have a retinol line? Like my first retinol, like baby retinol, baby right? Retinol. For your beginner. Yes. Right, have a baby retinol, and then like my second retinol, and then you would step up to a different level. And there's many different ways of getting retinol. There's retinol hide, which is a gentle version. So because I just would see the whole educational aspect which you can do, and that's one thing that I love with when I work with brands is I needed to have because of my Anabi Beauty experience of creating the beauty school. There needs to be an educational aspect to your brand, right? What are you offering to your consumer? So I just thought doing a retinol line and you can even have like a, you know, like a Bacuchol retinol version for your, there's so many different ingredients that you can use. You don't always have to use yeah. retinol, retinol. Um, but anyways, I thought that would be cool because I feel like there's still so much confusion, even myself that I'm dealing with this every day. I still don't know exactly how to yeah. use it. Like I do know, but I don't have like, Here's right. how you use it. Or like, there's not a brand out there that's really educating you Yeah, I feel like you only, right? Because then you get... Yeah, you just hear like... Confused by retinol, other products, right? I actually... So I turned 30... I turned 35 on Friday. So I'm in the same like boat, right? Like I'm trying to 
keep it like I had told you before we logged on like I just did my skincare so I was going to put on makeup but I didn't because I want you know my skin to soak it all in and I've been like wanting to do a retinol but I had read that so back in December Jordan and I actually went through and I had like an egg retrieval and we have an embryo on ice, I guess, if you want to call it, oh um, because I found out I have. Oh my gosh, I yeah. have no idea. Congratulations! Oh, thank you. But I found out I had like some fertility stuff um, last year, so it was kind of like a proactive yeah. move. But wow. I had read because I have girlfriends that use retinol; their skin is beautiful. And but I'd read that if you use retinol, you don't want to use it like if you want to get pregnant or if you are pregnant. Um, right. so I've yep. been using, and we talked about this offline before the, the baca choil. In yeah. your opinion, does that work as well as retinol? Because everything online says it does. Um, I don't know if you've compared or if you have knowledge on that, but for people that don't know, the baca choil is a plant-based retinol alternative that's safe to use. I guess through if you're pregnant or I don't want to misquote, yeah. but I believe. Yeah, it's an alternative. Yeah. One of the brands that I formulated was actually had back control and we decided to do that um, because we had a lot of, we, we chose um, actives, but we also chose plant-based ingredients. So as a plant-based option, it's great. Um, I think that if you're looking for, it depends on like as your first retinol, from yeah. my experience of formulating with it and, and testing it, um, you know, testing it alongside actual retinol hides and retinols and retinols, um, there's three different types. I find that retinol is a lot more yeah. active because it is lab made, right? Like it is made in the lab. So, I mean, they're both made in the lab, but derived from plants is bakuchoral. So I think that... Um, I would use it as your first, like that could be, if I were to start a brand, I would probably do your first baby retinol as your baby Baby retinol with (laughs) baby buck, right? Baby retinol, baby retinol, because it's gentle, you're not going to get the side effects. You don't have to like get your skin used to let like by using it three times a week. So you can, your skin can get a bit retinolized. Um, so, and you can also, you know, prevent those first signs of aging, get the resurfacing, get the glow. But if you want to think more preventative, anti-aging, like fine lines, right? I would say that go into retinol to see those those results. But you have to use it with care, with care because it can, you know, peel your yeah. skin or, in my case, create acne. And even now, I use a high retinol and I start breaking out because I use it twice last week. So I was like this. I was like, I kind of slapped my hands. I'm like, yeah. you know better. We've you know, done this. <laughs> once a week for a month. Once a week for a month for me or even two. So I have to retinalize my skin by using it very, very gently. Oh, my gosh. And it makes you super sensitive to the sun too, right? You have to like be really careful in the sun. So like going into the summer, people need to kind of keep that in mind if they start a retinol. Yeah. Um, so I would say Bakucho would be a good – summer summer yes retinol alternative um if you had to pick like three things to always use on your skin like every day what 
would you recommend? Whether it's an ingredient or like a type of serum or moisturizer. Ooh, I can pick ingredients. Okay, yes, that's pick ingredients. Awesome. Um, okay, so product has to be a toner. For me, toners or like a light, like a watery serum, it's the first thing I do after I wash my face. My skin without it feels tight. I feel like my products won't get absorbed. A lot of people don't pay attention to toners, but I truly believe toners or anything that can carry your product through, like a carrier, is key. Um, hyaluronic acid, 100%. For me, hyaluronic, it just it makes my skin happy, you know? Uh, and then I would say shea butter. Really? On your face? I as an, I guess on the face. Uh, yeah, even on the face. Oh, just as just an overall moisturizer. As an overall, like, moisturizer, right? Like, as an ingredient in a moisturizer, not only shea butter. But I think if I were to pick a moisturizer, I would pick something that has shea butter in it for body or skin. For me, it's one of the most, most moisturizing ingredient. And it was so simple. It's so, like, shea butter, so cliche. But it's truly one of the best moisturizers out there. I love that. Yeah, I feel like I'm constantly looking for skincare that I love and I'm always like swapping back and forth and switching things up. It sounds like you do the same thing, but I only have like a teeny tiny bit of knowledge about it. So I will like try one moisturizer and be like, oh, I don't love the way this feels. So I'll like switch to another and then I'll be, you know, doing the baca choil or a vitamin C. And I never really know a lot of people that are going to be listening to this, you know, we're here in our mid thirties and now is the time to like really start paying attention. So. Yeah. I was actually talking to um, a founder, a brand founder that I am hoping to help him. He has a really cool concept. The, the brand is called blend and he sells you a base, a cream as a base. And then you buy hyaluronic, vitamin C, like you can buy little things to put in your blend and blend it. So I thought that's really cool for somebody with our, like in our age, mid-30s, where we're like now thinking about not just moisturizing, but a bit more prevention, a little bit more actives. Um, so I thought that was really cool concept. That's amazing. Because then you can like switch it up without having to switch the whole product line too. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you could either blend your own and then this is kind of creates a little bit of like what we call a kitchen yes. kitchen before, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love a good kitchen witching product. That's how – I don't know if you do it at home ever. Um, I know you have access to, like, really great ingredients, but sometimes it is nice to just, like, make stuff from what you have. And I've made, like, sugar scrubs it at home. I mean, I haven't sold them, but I use them love myself. Um, and there's so many things you can buy that have, like, healing properties that you can just kind of slap on your face. Honey, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. Honey, matcha. What about matcha? Yes. Like a matcha. Like a matcha honey mask. That would be with like, oh, I would love that. Okay, Christina, we need to start a matcha brand. A matcha face mask brand. Matcha honey. Like, I'm obsessed with drinking matcha, of course, drinking anything uh, that's that's healthy, that balances me out. So I thought about it the other day. I'm like, what if I put it on my face? Because it's so antioxidant. Like, this could be really good for me. Um, So I've been 
No, I was like, I was just excited to put it on my face. I haven't yet. So I need to kitchen yeah, witch a little bit. Yeah, because I'm thinking like all of the the benefits. Yeah. That, oh my gosh. <laughs> all the benefits yes. you get of drinking it. And like our skin is obviously our biggest organ. So one, your face is getting the antioxidants. But two, I'd imagine it also is absorbing it into your body. So you're kind of getting like a twofold benefit. What about matcha and adaptogens? Yes. Adaptive skincare I love because they love, love, right? Yeah, they're amazing. Um, for skincare, I love ingesting and also putting it on, on the skin, but that could be a great combo, you know, matcha, adaptogens, vitamin C. The only thing with vitamin C, though, which I find when I'm even working with clients, is stabilizing it, um, to get its efficacy. So for me, I feel like a powder is a great way to stabilize vitamin C. So that would be my number one tip for if you're looking for a great vitamin C, um, it's, it's looking for a powder. However, you have to be a bit of mixology after because you have to activate it. Oh my it, gosh. Yeah. I feel like I could talk to you about this forever because um, there's so many. Oh cool- yeah, I'm going on a I know. I know. <laughs> and it's just making my – so I had – a call we had a call a few weeks back and I am hoping one day that one day soon that Orchid and Ash starts to expand into the beauty space and I was just like oh my gosh you're the perfect person to talk to about this because I feel like just even bouncing ideas like this for the last five minutes right like I feel like we would come up with the best thing ever um but before yeah, it would be amazing. Like, I already know it would be amazing. Um, like, you had me at matcha. I stay yes. tuned. Yeah, literally stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. I'm asking, I'm going to an ingredient show. So I'm, I'm going to be um, doing um, make um, May 2nd and 3rd Supplier Day in New York. And it's an ingredient-focused straight show that is sh- in showing new innovative ingredients for the cosmetic industry. And I have a little influencer gig there, but I'm just going to learn because there's so many cool new ingredients. And also when we're thinking about ingredients, that's where it starts. You know, if you want to be a sustainable brand, you have to think about the soil, which equals the ingredients, right? So um, if anybody wants to get into the beauty business, start with ingredients first. Like think about what are the ingredients, where are they from, how are they sourced, and then start that way. even just the same as food, right? Like where they're sourced and make sure if you're getting plant ingredients or not plants that were sprayed with things because those chemicals are going to transfer into your product and then transfer into your skin and you could be eating the cleanest diet and then be putting product on your face that was in the very, very beginning treated with stuff and just like working backwards and losing all the benefits of eating clean. So where your product is coming from is just as important as I guess of what's in it. The ingredient. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we wrap this up, this has been so fun. I'm having such a great time. I feel like you work with such cool brands and you already are doing such cool things but if you had to put into words like your biggest dream for yourself or like your 
boldest, like even if it feels like it's not attainable, what is your boldest dream right now for either your career or your life or like anything moving forward? Oh my God. This is sitting on my vision board. I don't know if I should like, say it out loud. <laughs> I think, you know, right now I'm actually revamping my uh, my brand, my my sort of product development brand, because I want to make it so easy for the everyday uh, brand to understand what I do. Uh, so what new website coming up, I'm working on creating those those buckets that I can help you with and walking you through that journey. But what I would really love to do is get into product manufacturing. Oh, my gosh. What an undertaking. Right. So that's like big goal, you know, whether I start with private label first, because I feel like that the private label um, industry is being a little bit, has gotten a bad rep or private labeling. And sometimes like this is a mistake because private labeling means that there's been so many, and depends where you go. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of these, um, I don't want to say bad, but there's, um, Cheap and cheerful private label where you get a product that's not that great, doesn't have a blacklist. You literally have a product and maybe that's a good business model for somebody. But what I see an opportunity is in a lot of manufacturers that don't advertise private label, they offer because they have a library of amazing formula that they they develop for different uh, clients. Maybe they didn't go anywhere or they develop for themselves and they spend years and years in research and testing and they're sitting on a shelf. So I want to find the best formulas out there already created and, and park them under an umbrella, which is going to be maybe my private label website, where somebody can go in and, and um, start small. And the reason why it, it works both ways, we're not wasting time and formulas, but we're also, it's a low entry for founders to go to market because not everybody has the budget of five to 10,000 MOQ, right? Not everybody knows that they want to, you know, proceed in this business. So they almost need like a pilot project, right? So I feel like private label is a good pilot project way to enter the market, test the market, see how you like it, get some reviews, get some testimonials. So um, that's what I'm truly passionate because I work with a lot of indie brands. Uh, So I feel like that would solve two problems in the industry, but it's still sitting on my vision board. Oh, right well, now. you're bringing it to life right now. I love that. And <laughs> it is so hard as a small brand when you have this idea of something that you want to do. And, you know, I I always start out and you really can't get less than an MOQ of like a thousand. And that's so MOQ is like your minimum order quantity. Right. So when you're ordering, whether it's packaging or bottles or the ink the ingredients and the product itself, these companies have a minimum that you have to order. And like, it's so crazy because when I launch a new product or I do something, the minimum I start with, even though I make all the products in house, I still have to buy the packaging and the smallest amount I can get of this packaging is a thousand. And it's like, okay, this better work. Like, you know, and I've been very lucky knock on wood up until this point, but, um, and it's, it's a lot of money up. Front. Oh yeah. There's been times where I had to, yeah, there's been times where I threw out inventory, you know, because it wasn't good. So there's, um, I know the pains, you know, we both been there. We know the pains, like they're the mistakes. So, uh, I just want to find solutions. Like this is okay. This was, I know exactly when I decided this dream 
it's like I remember the dream of making my own brand, which I've had three brands kind of before. One is kind of because I was um, I created it for um, for as a transition. Um, anyway, so I remember when I wanted my make the makeup line, and then I remember now this new dream, right? Of manufacturing. I was in my first manufacturing plant and dreaming about this. You know, this was like maybe six years ago, and I remember I was like, okay, I'm home. This is my future. And I, it was just like a thought and I didn't think about it ever again. But now that I'm finding this desire, right? I remember, I'm like, you know what? This was inside of me all this time. I just didn't know. I knew it wasn't the time then, right? But it's weird how the journey keeps me bringing me closer and closer to now where I actually think this could be a possibility because it solves such a need and solution. So it's kind of, interesting you know where the intention meets reality I love that and it's almost like you keep coming back to yourself whether you even realize it or not you know you it's in you like you said and I heard this really powerful thing once I I don't know if you can relate to this where Think about the things you used to do when you were a kid. It sounds like you were running around school with Avon, but like even younger than that, right? And the things you were doing when you were a kid and how, what, if you really follow that intuition and that passion, a lot of times what you end up doing as an adult mirrors in some capacity the things that you would do when you were little because they've always been inside of us. A hundred percent. Well, I definitely was playing with Barbies and giving everyone makeovers. Yeah. Um, all my mom's friends, they were getting their hair and makeup done by me at a very early stage. <laughs> That's so funny. But, and that just really, I think, speaks to how authentic you've been through this whole thing. Like you've really stayed true to like, who's Anna and what does she want and what is she good at? And I think that's why the work you're doing is so amazing. I think that this bold dream kept me focused my whole life, you know, because obviously there's, uh, there's, you know, the little things that happen and myself too, me and my husband went through IVF. Like there's so many things, you know, partnerships that won't work, but this bold, this desire, this love for my industry is what keeps me going. And I see, I always seen it as a straight line of like the arrow, you know, it's like, I know where I'm heading. I'm not going to derail because this is truly where my passion is and my purpose. Um, so, yeah, I, I truly think that's important to have that bold dream. It's so important. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. I had so much fun. Um, let everybody know whether they just want your tips and tricks or if there is a brand or somebody that has a company that is doing skincare or wants to get into skincare and would love to work with you, where can everybody find you? How can they contact you? Are you Thank taking you so much having- Yes, yes. I always, even if I don't have the room to take you, I would love to give you an advice. So I'm always, I'm always here, always available for everyone to chat with. Uh, the best, easiest place is Instagram, approved by Anna. Approved by Anna. Okay. And do you have a website? Oh, you're working on your website. Yes. So the website is in uh, my business. My personal website is approvedbyanna.ca. And then the new brand, my business website, which we're developing right now is going to be 
advertise on my platform. So once it's going to be live, uh, be sure to have it. But if you want to get a hold of me right away, um, you send me a DM from Approved by Anna Instagram. And uh, yeah, we can go from there. Awesome. And I will link all of that in the show notes too. So thank you so much. This was so much fun. And um, I'm sure we'll be chatting offline about all the things too. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm so glad that we could do this. Thank you. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.